ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you all the way down in New Orleans this time. Since we've done this last, all hard in the paint, but my brother from another, my man, my dog, my basketball soulmate in many ways, he has relocated. He is now in Texas, so it's a little bit different for us to get together, but the bond is unbroken. So today, I welcome back to Hard in the Paint, the one and only Mr. Dino Hansen for another rendition of High Low with D. Grubb. Brother, good to see you, good to hear from you. We got a lot. <laughs> you know, if people only know what we start talking about before we even get into the podcast, which is the reason why I'm laughing and the energy is literally at the highest. First of all, thank you as always, my brother. And you know, time and distance most certainly does not divide a bond when you are literally on one lane and on one soul and it's what you do and what you know and what you love so absolutely i am now in dallas but again i am still a pelicans guy i still watch the games even while i'm in the studio i still have all the necessary means that i need to to stay abreast of everything that's going on of course Nothing but the best and happy new year to you, my sister Desiree, and of course my little niece Natalia. So all the love in the world to you guys as well. So I'm ready to get it. I'm ready to go ahead and uh, do what we need to do to get some W's, my brother. Because, look, okay, so the Pelicans have go one and three on this most recent homestand. Mm-hmm. Their first real homestand of the season. Mm-hmm. They're about to go on the road on what is a horribly difficult road <laughs> trip where you got to play the Lakers and the Clippers and the Mavericks. And the, I mean, you talk, it's playoff teams up and down the list for seven the upper, years. The upper echelon of the league. The yes. people who you want to be counted amongst. Mm-hmm. And you just lost as a franchise to bottom feeders in Oklahoma City, in Charlotte. You should have beaten Indiana in your building without T.J. Warren. Mm-hmm. You know, their best uh, switch, you know, three on the team are going up against Brandon Ader. May you lose at home to the Pacers. Pacers are a good team, but those are the wins you're supposed to get, right? These are the wins that you talk about in the, in a, in the NBA or in any professional league. When you have a team that is down – Amen. At home, at your building, and you have a chance to win that game. You're supposed to win that game. Let me so, let it back up for a minute, just so I could do this right here. See what that is? <laughs> yes, I see. That's the bottom of my shoe. And for those that don't know what I just did, I put up the bottom of my shoe while D Grub and I are talking because that means you are supposed to put your foot on other teams' necks. Plain and simple. 
at home, just as you said, no disrespect to any team in the NBA because everybody in the NBA is a legitimate team, especially early on in the season when you're trying to figure out exactly who you are, what's your identity, what are we going to be, and where are we going to go in? Because we're getting to that point now that you're a quarter along in the season, and that's going to happen very quickly. That being said, just as you alluded to, you had a homestand where you went one and three. The Pacers, OKC, and last night against the Hornets, that is a team you most certainly are not supposed to lose to. Again, not disrespecting them as if Gordon Hayward isn't a legitimate basketball player. As if, and, I, and, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, LaMelo Ball is a, quite honestly, D-Grubs. He, and I'm going to say it, whether people like it or not, he is a better player than Lonzo. But and LaVar I, said this. Okay. LaVar told us when LaMelo was in, in high school as a sophomore, he said, LaMelo is the best of my boys, and it's not close. Remember, he said that. He said, Trust. it's not close. And look, yes, the things that LaMelo does, he is a far more creative finisher. He's a yes. far more aggressive driver. He yes. Is a, he is a more he's arrogant. A, he's, he's a playmaker in that he is looking as he's getting to the rim, not necessarily for his, that defenses collapse. He's already seen they, it. There were three or four passes last night that he saw when they were coming into his hand. His <laughs> eyes were already on. It's dropping right over here. I'm dropping this off right here. He is a visionary in that he sees the game and the movement before it happens. His basketball IQ. And listen, I, you know, I don't want people to think that when we are dissecting because that's what we're doing we're dissecting we are not criticizing we hopefully that when lonzo hears this or somebody get back to him they're like guys this is the truth that what they're talking about okay we're not gonna pacify and play that role so that everybody and i'm in dallas now so i don't care that everybody in the pelicans organization likes me so i can get into the arena so i can say what wants to be said so that way i can play nice no we are talking basketball this is not, the same things that the fans are seeing is what we are talking about. We're expressing that. So I say that in this. Here's the other thing that I loved about watching LaMelo last night, Dave, is that when they got a rebound or when they took it out the net or when they got a steal, LaMelo was like a jet out of a cannon, if you will. He's going to be starting in the next week or so. They have to start him. If this kid is not starting for the for, for the Hornets, as much as I love Mike for what he has done as a basketball player, I'm going to do what I can to get Michael Jordan out of there. You because can't, he you needs can't to start, start Devontae Graham over LaMelo no, Ball. You cannot You cannot. This young basketball player last night, and this was the first time I really got to hone in and watch the sample of what he is. This young basketball player there are certain things that can't be taught, if you will. LaMelo, LaAngelo, uh, Lonzo, they grew up in the same house, but it doesn't mean that they all have the same skill sets. The young man, LaMelo, he sees the floor extremely well. He is literally dissecting the same way we're doing right now in high-low. He has the mindset of, yeah, 
it's not that I can't put the ball in the hole, but I understand about making my teammates better and having them engaged. And that is what's missing. Let me step back to this. It was also frustrating from a Pelican standpoint to see this young boy doing whatever he wanted to to my team on the basketball court. And, and the not- five offensive boards for LaMelo, the five offensive boards for LaMelo are more damaging than the assists. They were more they- damaging than his he – only, he only shot four for 12, and he's going to have some rough shooting nights as a rookie, and he has a weird shooting stroke and those things. Absolutely. That's that's you the can't norm. Let a dude that rocks 185, 6'7, 185, maybe Mm-mm. with no grown man strength. There's not Mm-mm. an ounce of definition on his body. Nothing. And yet he's in there grabbing five offensive boards. Inexcusable. And the fact that now I put up my foot earlier, I'm gonna put up my forearm now and my elbow now. The fact that nobody on the Pelicans team said, let me just knock him on his ass. Let me send a message. Lonzo being the older brother should have said, I'm going to gut check my own brother, quite frankly. All right? I'm just personally. Because Melo had no problem shooting in Lonzo's face. He had no problem defending Lonzo at at, at different times and getting in his grill defensively. You and I are taking it more personally than what Lonzo did. I would never let my little brother, and I don't care. Me and my brother, look, this this is a true story of me and my brother. We played one-on-one, and I used to keep tabs on how many games we had played, but in the history of our life, he has never beaten me. Mm -hmm. And when it got close, the last game we played, it took extra shots because, you know, you say we playing to this by two. We all, you know, y'all have to do. So it took me more shots than I wanted to take. And I did like D Wade against Zaire, and I used my size. I backed him down, and I hey, the post those points count too. <laughs> as I long have, as it goes on the scoreboard, that's all that matters, dude. Okay, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, my brother tried the same thing. Shoot some jump shots next time. I ain't got to shoot jump shots. The game, the point of the game is to win. Yes, sir. I'm not, I was not going to let him win, and so uh, you don't. And it's not just Alonzo, uh, because we're going to go through this with this whole roster, really. Outside Absolutely. Of, outside of Stephen Adams, I don't see people willing to fight. I don't see – and it's I'm, again, I don't question people's heart. I don't know what's going on inside them. But I all I can say is from the evidence that I'm watching, mm-hmm. like you said, I don't see people afraid to drive the lane. I don't see people looking for contact. When they see when they when they go to up uh, for rebounds, they are not fearful of the Pelicans defensively. And when we when no. coaches talk about you have to make them feel our presence, there and is no presence being felt by the Dave, Pelicans. Let me also add to that caveat of when we say feeling our presence, it doesn't mean that we are intentionally hitting guys. We are intentionally putting that forearm into them. Not that there's anything wrong with that every now and then. Just to remind them, let me just do a little quick gut check on you as you're coming off of a screen. But what we're talking about is making it difficult on their path 
to getting to the lane, making it difficult that even when players are coming off of a screen, they feel your presence. One they feel step. your body. That okay. one more step around that screen to come out a little bit wider, that extra dribble that it takes because I didn't allow you a straight line that gives my defense time to recover. Those things that happen because I did my job. The me making contact on when I'm coming, if I'm the guy who's supposed to be sliding the screen mm-hmm. on defense and my man is, is helping me out, I'm supposed to be coming, rubbing right off of my own man so that when I come off that other side, I am tight with that ball handler. You are not seeing that kind of friction. You are not seeing those kinds of connections defensively from the Pelicans. And to me, it, we can talk, we, and we will talk about the offense, but to me, it all starts and ends with the defense. With the defense. And not even just, Dave, on the ball and helping out on the screen. When you go through your scouting report and you know plays that are being ran by the opposing team, and that's why it's always funny to me when people are like, oh, man, they know our plays. Stop it. Everybody knows what everybody else is doing. That's why it's called video breakdown. That's why it's called scouting. There's a reason why we are here, why we have a scouting team. The reason why they run this play is because this is what they do. Out of bounds, play, whatever the case may be. But it's not just on the ball. If I know if I'm sagging off and I have, and I'm defending somebody in the corner or on the wing, and I know what they're looking for, that means I'm going to jump in their lane. I'm going to jump in their path, making them have to take two extra steps to run that play and making it difficult. You know, we've talked about this too in the past forever in that just because you have a rim protector doesn't mean he's responsible for taking care of every single person in body. That means if I'm defending LaMelo Ball and he picks up his dribble and I know he's trying to dump it into the post, that means I'm wild spider monkey all over LaMelo making it difficult for that pass, that entry pass, to be dumped down into whomever it is, whether it be Bismack Biombo, whether it be a guard posting up. I'm, I'm responsible for making it difficult on that offensive player to make that simple pass, whether it be a wraparound, whether it be a bounce, whether it be over the head. I'm a crazy spider monkey, like my coach used to say, be a crazy spider monkey, be everywhere over the dang on ball. It's just that simple. So that way my rim protector doesn't have to save my behind all the time. Secondly, as I alluded to, I know that if, let's say, for instance, Gordon Hayward is in the right corner, and I know the play that they're getting ready to run because I've gone through my scouting report, because Stan Van Gundy has talked about it with the assistant coaches, this is what's going to happen off of this movement and this exchange. If I know, now it doesn't mean I'm going to jump it right away, but I know where Gordon Hayward is trying to get to. Right as he thinks he's at that point where he can get and receive that pass, then I jump. I'm cutting him off. Imagine you're on the freeway driving and somebody cuts you off from going where you want to go. That person is going to have to do what? Slow down and adjust. Nine times out of ten, that ball handler is going to make that pass. You are now in the pathway to get the steal or deflect a pass. It is just you honing in on your basketball skills. And as I was coming into the station today, I was thinking about this, Dave. You know, from a football standpoint, you've heard the term 
there's nothing worse than a quarterback having happy feet in the pocket. Yes. That means he's nervous. He's unsure of where he is. Watching all the right? pressure. Yep. As a basketball player on defense, you want to have happy feet. You want to have happy feet in the sense of, oh, I know what they're doing. I know what the, I know what's about to happen. You should be on the We've balls of your feet. The ball, exactly. You have a bounce in your step. There is, we've talked about this forever as long as we've known each other. Where is the defensive string in that everybody is moving in synchronicity like it is synchronized swimming? The Pelicans, and, and let me transfer it also over to life. Who wants to do anything where they don't have fun? The Pelicans never look like they're enjoying having fun on the court and on the defensive end. And that is something that has to be instilled in them. That Listen, guys, no question we have an offensive weapon in Zion Williamson, in Brandon Ingram. When J.J. comes off the bench, we can score. But we got to have fun on the defensive end to go down to get the buckets. You have to take it personally. And this is what we've been talking about forever, Dave. That is great that we have a bunch of guys that are nice guys off the court. I don't want that on my team. I don't want that. Steven Adams, no questions, is a caveman. But Steven Adams can't be the only one that is setting that level of tenacity and intensity on the court. If you are not enjoying playing defense, and here's the thing about it, Dave, then I thought about this as well. Not only happy feet on defense, not only uh, being on a string on defense, but even understanding as much as you don't like playing defense, damn it, fake it. Act like you are intense about it. I said that to say I've gotten defensive awards for being the best team defender. And I would laugh at it ever since high school because I'm like, I hate playing defense. I hate it. But you know what I like playing? Offense. So if I know I'm going to be able to get more attempts on offense, you best believe I'm going to do what I have to do on the defensive side of the ball. It's not only going to benefit me, but it's going to benefit my team defending and making guys second guess what they do from the offensive standpoint. Gordon Hayward, you know he's in a good rhythm. You did nothing to deter him from being in a position where he had to fight to get the ball. Dave, think about it. Clean he didn't looks. have to clean, clean looks. looks. Clean looks. He did not have to fight over anything to get whatever he wanted. I don't even know if Gordon Hayward broke a sweat legitimately last night because and the shots that he got to take. When he took them, we're all like the, the threes from the corner, clean. When he got second it was like chance practice. shots, they were mid ranges, wide open. And when it he was got practice, so with the minutes that he played, he put up an extremely efficient night. No <laughs> one ever made him again work. You never work. saw him touch the ground. The Nobody. whole thing is, it used to be, and this is I'm not talking about 20 years ago. I'm talking about if you go down to the same Miami Heat, the same Golden. As Draymond Green, as Draymond Green today, mm -hmm. who, and, and and people who wanted to laugh at the Warriors out the gate, remember say, "Oh, the Warriors <laughs> are done, done, done," and you see what Steph and Draymond Green, who is not doing it like numbers wise, you look at Draymond, you say, "Why are they paying him anything?" Draymond Green is still one of the ten best defensive players yep. intellectually that you will ever find in this league. The dude is still doing it because he gives a damn about that. He said, I can't, I ain't gonna give you 20. 
ain't gonna, I'm not gonna give you 20 tonight, but you, I'm gonna make sure nobody else around me gets 20. Ain't none of you dudes getting 20. And I'm gonna tell every guy on my defense, these knuckleheads that I have with me, and Andrew Wiggins and in Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre, yeah. Can't play defense nowhere else. Yes. All yes. of a sudden now, Draymond has those dudes playing defense over the last mm-hmm. few games. On the other end, like you said, for the Pelicans, who's the captain on that? Who's the where's the pride? Who's the person after the game who's come up one time and said, This shit can't go on? I don't care. They get look, and people are gonna wake up this morning and they do this to me every day on Twitter. And they talk about Pelicans still rank number nine in the league in defense, rank number nine in the <laughs> league in defense. Well, let's look at the last four games. Let's look at where they are against the last four games, and let's look at who they built that number nine ranking against. They have played. These are the offenses that they have played against, Dino. They are 0-1 against the number 10-ranked offense. That's Indiana. Mm-hmm. And that was a game that they were right there, Indiana. 0-2. Number 12, Phoenix. Phoenix, another team that we feel is an up-and-coming team. They got Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. They got great talent. They're 0-1 against them. Then they played Toronto twice. Toronto's a terrible team. Terrible team now. Yes, they are. So you've got two of your wins against a Toronto team that has a grand total of two wins. The Toronto sitting on two wins right now. So then you've gotten, you take, you took, you took, you played the 16th best offense in the league. When you're talking about, um, uh, who took us. So you got 16, 24 in Charlotte, 26, in um, the Spurs, no, Spurs 16, excuse me. So you beat the Spurs, who are solid, but that was a one-point win at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you beat the Spurs, they're 16th, 24th is Charlotte, and you made them 24th. Coming into this game before last night, they were, I think, 27. Okay. And they jumped to 24 because they put up a 121 on you last night in mm-hmm. offensive rating and put up a season-high 118 points. So you've been playing against bottom feeders. You played against the 26th-ranked offense in the league. You're 0-1 against them. You played against the 30th-ranked offense in Oklahoma City. You're 1-1 against them. That's what I was just getting ready to say. Oklahoma City, too, as well. Their yeah. best game of the season offensively came against you. Mm-hmm. So if this is the case – if these are the teams that you built your offensive rating against, very bad offensive teams, and yet and still against the teams that are below five, below the halfway mark in offense, you're two and two. You're two and two against the worst offensive teams in the league that you played. So come on, man. And you're talking about your record is also, you can excuse that you got losses to Indiana and Phoenix. Again, we'll excuse those. But every single other team that they played, not a single one is over 500. Correct. Correct. Not Correct. a single one over 500. Raptors two and six, Miami three and four, you know, Spurs four and four, OKC four and four, Charlotte four and Charlotte five. Charlotte four and five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you built up this, this defense that everybody wanted to say was fixed. And that Stan Van Gundy, to his credit, honestly, four games ago, he said it was starting to slip. And it kept slipping. It's it no matter. It does, and we've said this before too. It don't matter where you go in the, in in the NBA. Offense, there's gonna be nights where you don't make shots. Absolutely. The defense is supposed to be every night. Defense playing with the necessary level of intensity, playing with a chip on your. For some reason, 
the Pelicans play as if they've done something, as if they've won something, as if the sample size of the couple of wins, or how about this? How about this? Because you're going to love this, because you and I both are fanatics when it's this. Zion Williamson being a high flyer with all the fantastic dunks doesn't equate to defense playing with energy and intensity and W's. That is great that he's going to make ESPN highlight reel every single night. But you know what I need from him? I need weak side defense. You know what I need for him? To stop the cruise control. Like everything is cruising. First of all, you are 19 years old. At 19 years old as a basketball player, dude, you don't have the levity to be on cruise control. You need to leave an imprint on the game. Where's the impact level? Now, let me say this, in that I don't get into the numbers nearly as much as so many other people want to because analytics has ruined the game of basketball in the sense of it has made those who don't understand the inner workings of the game and how game and how basketball is played. It's made them feel as if they know more basketball now because I can count numbers. Guess what? Analytics have always been a part of the game of basketball. Since I've been a kid, we know what player does what. We know when they want to get the. This has always been a part, but now it's on steroids. Well, I'm an office guy, and I know based upon these numbers, dude. I'm telling you as a player, as a coach in the eyeball test, like my guy Eddie Johnson always says on NBA Sirius XM radio, dude, I look at what is going on in the course of a game. I look at tendencies. I don't need to know the numbers to tell you this guy is a bad shooter. This guy is a bad defender. This guy is a bad rebounder. I can see that. I'm looking at it. I don't need to look at the numbers. It doesn't mean that we don't take the numbers into account. It's how do you get there? It's how, there you go. And those who are stuck on analytics, they remove themselves and don't look at the game of basketball. Well, based upon my numbers, listen, guys, I am telling you, based upon the game of basketball, which does not change. How long did you and I say this small ball nonsense that people think the Golden State Warriors are playing small ball, which they don't realize it was never small ball. They were just moving the basketball. They were playing defense. Houston, on the other hand, made it their mission. Well, we got to play small ball to compete. You can't compete because what Golden State is doing is not small ball. They're still playing fundamentally sound basketball. Who would run, even with Draymond being the big that he was on that team, who ran through the lane more than anybody else? Little Steph Curry. Little Steph was the one that ran through the lane more than anybody else on the Golden State Warriors basketball team, and he's still doing the exact same thing. They have turned this small ball like it was going to be efficient, like it was going to work something, and it's not because you and I have always said, basketball will still be basketball at the end of the day. I mean, let's look at this. The Lakers, if you, if you ask, look at the Lakers last two years, their offense has been bottom half of the league. Mm-hmm. Last two years, bottom half of the league offense. Bottom half. Yes. 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 Anybody complaining about their offense? 
Anybody complaining about it? You tell me. Anybody complaining about it? Not once. And winning games, right? And winning. winning games, right? And winning the championship. Okay, so who else made it to the finals last year? Miami? Do, do, do any of Miami's top five players shoot a bunch of threes? Nope. Is, nope. Is Jimmy Butler a three-point shooter? Nowhere is near. Jimmy Dragic. Butler's a basket. Jimmy Butler Jimmy. is a basketball player. Goran Dragic is a basketball player. Does Bam Adebayo shoot threes? He's a basketball player, and and he loves to defend and rebound and get out so they can get to the offensive side of the ball. Make the game so, easy and simple. So we're looking around, and the teams that played this supposed, you know, we saw. It. I mean, look, Boston, Boston right now, and now Boston's gonna go through these troubles. What have they been looking for? Somebody to rebound and help them play Somebody inside. Yep. yep. All the versatility they have on the outside hadn't hadn't gotten them to the to the NBA Finals. No, they can't sir. Stop anybody on the inside, right? You cannot stop anybody. And as you said at the top of this portion here, your shots are not going to fall every single night. But when you're shot from distance, and this is what I've always taught, and this is what I've always was taught, and this is what I did. You see, on nights when my jumper wasn't falling, guess what I did, Dave? Go to hole. I got to the bucket. Go to the hole. I got to the free throw line. I put pressure on other teams so I could see the ball going through the hole, which would then make it fun again for me. Here's the other thing. I know I can play defense and stop anybody. I know I got long arms in my wingspan. Let me get a couple of deflections, kick it to my point guard, run my wing, he gets it back, I get a nice, good, juicy dunk. All of a sudden, uh-oh, I'm feeling a certain kind of way but you see analytics doesn't account for me feeling a certain kind of way analytics doesn't count for me getting it to the hole and creating myself and putting my team in a position where we're scoring now all right so with that being said what we're getting back to is what dave defense and rebounding this is something that should be in eight in you every single night i might not knock down shots but you know what I can rebound the basketball, I can pass deflect, and I can run the floor to make the game easy. But and all I can of that put my ass on somebody. On somebody. Last night, I tweeted this during the second half of this game when I'm watching Charlotte get offensive rebound after offensive rebound. They had 16. 16 offensive rebounds. Dude. Okay. Nothing like second chance points. Those, those, and they were getting second chance and third chance third opportunities. Chance, and you chance. know what happens in any to any defense when you give up second and third chance, you are scrambling now. You are out you're of position scrambling. because you're trying yeah. to grab boards, and those people who are not on the other team are moving into shooting position. They are looking for that spot that if they, we get the rebound, if we don't, I can get back on D. But if we do get it, I'm here to catch and shoot. And we saw that multiple times last night in that game against the Hornets because they were willing to grab those offensive boards because they know they're not a great shooting team. They know who they are not. (laughs) I so they consistently decided, well, if you're going to give us the threes in transition, we'll take those. They're wide open. But we're not going to stop going to the basket. And the Pelicans hit seven out of ten threes in the first quarter, 
and they fell in love. Fell in love. And I said this again, and I'm gonna keep the people need to pay. I said the three pointer is a girlfriend, not a wife. You do Dude. not put a ring on that three because it will leave you. That three will leave you, and it does the no. And people keep throwing the numbers, and this is when we talk about the numbers. What numbers happen again are the total. That's the end result. So mm -hmm. you started off at 70% and the Pelicans ended the night at 40%. You'll say, we had a good night shooting the three. We shot it at 40%. That's a great night. But for the other three quarters, you were shooting it horribly. You took exactly. that 70% down to 40%. And those are shots that could have been better used going to the rim and creating for others and getting those guys who you say are not in a rhythm into a rhythm because you don't get into a rhythm shooting jump shots. It has you never do not score. Dave, I love that analogy. That's exactly what shooting threes are. They're the hot girlfriend immediately. Think about it. You're out somewhere as you see this hot girl. You like you see this hot girl. You can't wait to talk to her. Man, everything is good for them first three months, but you forget you still got nine months left in that year. So them first three months, boy, you come out hot, steamy, and heavy. Oh, man, she's putting out her best foot. You're doing all the X, Ys, and Zs. You got love and R&B going on with Al B. Shore. You having a great time. But then you all of a sudden, you get bought in, and then what happens? Uh-oh, hold on. There's a cat with now, a fatter wallet. There's a now, cat with a shinier car. <laughs> and now, all of a sudden, you starting to realize that Man, you know, and then you start to notice, you know, this girl doesn't do the sustainable stuff that I need and the consistency stuff that I need. And the she's got a jacked up foundation. And hey, hold on. Now, all of a sudden, you ain't as gung ho as you was no more. Now, all of a sudden, you're starting to feel deflated. But hey, we had those great three months, but nine of them were terrible. Stop looking at, and that's what I was, and, and that was the example I was making out of Zion with the explosive dunk. We get so enamored and we become so caught up in that, that small, little, whole aspect of a game. You look at one quarter of the first, but you forget the other three that remains. And you can't fall in love with that because of the simple fact, Dave, we know being shooters and as basketball players, bruh, you are not going to have that same knockdown shot. Just like, think about how many times for the first three quarters, you couldn't buy a shot. But then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, you get it going. It's the ebbs and flow of a game and you having to understand, you know what? It's not on for me right now. And it doesn't mean that you don't feel good. It doesn't mean that the shot didn't look good. It's just not going right now. So you're not necessarily abandoning it altogether, but instead of shooting that long range ball and the psyche and the, and, 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 and the overall aspect of you and where you are, starts to lose some of its energy, starts to become deflated, common sense would say, let me step inside and get it going. Let me find my rhythm. Let me make sure that I'm shooting a nice, simple mid-range shot. I know I can shoot a 15-footer, even if the 28-footer ain't going right now. If the 25-footer ain't going, if I can't make a 14 or 15 jump shot mid-range, I don't need to be in the league. But we have gotten so caught up in long ball, long ball, long ball, long ball. And as I tell kids nowadays, long ball starts with what? 
they're like L's and I go, and that's exactly what you wind up with, a L. Shooting the long ball all the time. Get to the cup, make the game simple. But if you don't recognize and understand that aspect, you're going to always be chasing your tail and trying to figure it out. Well, what's wrong here? Well, what's wrong here? Guys, I'm telling you what's wrong and it's really simple. Stop being enamored with shooting long ball. Stop with the analytics. Let's defend. It's only 24 seconds. But if we defend well enough, it's only... So you're telling me as an NBA player, we can't defend for 15 solid seconds? 15! Because you're so talking it, about five or six, you know, just to cross half court. Then, you, 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 like you said, you want... Most teams want to take their shot by the time they get to three. If they haven't gotten... It to, they want it three because then at least you give yourself an opportunity. So, you, like you said, it's... You take away six, five or six to get it across court. You defend for 15. That's 21 of the 24 seconds right there. <laughs> Dave. So there's your analytics right there. I just gave you some analytics. Some people think I'm not in love with analytics. No, I just gave you and broke you down your analytics. Like you said, you got a 24 second shot clock. That means when that team crosses half court, you got 21 left. Okay. So you're telling me you can't defend for 15 seconds? 15 seconds and it's Dang. it's it's this is the thing too and and uh, let's go, first let's uh, i want to finish on the defense because then there we want to i want to go into offense and i want to go into the roster construction because the roster construction is a major problem for me too terrible but let's finish on this defense before we get out of this yes because last night again and all these games when people when we talk about transitioning defense to offense when you talk about the fact that early in the season, you saw the Pelicans getting their hands on basketballs. They were tipping passes in the early part of the season. They were, they were active. They were active hands. The active hands. Like you said, the switches were hard. There were a couple of rotations last night that were real in the first half and that first quarter in particular, that were really solid rotations. So it's not like they don't have the ability to do this. It is a choice. It is a choice. Defense is about like the first thing you learn is defense or rebounding or about want to. Offense is, is, is you. Everybody wants to play offense. Everybody wants to get the touches. Everybody wants shots. Everybody wants to get the highlights. But yes. every coach, any good coach, will tell you the fastest way for you to get a ball in your hands is to take it from the other team, and you take it by the other team from getting stops, from getting your hands on the basketball when they when people put it down, when they when you when you see lazy passes, you get in passing lanes. But you are disciplined in those things. You are not guessing. You are knowing your responsibility. You are knowing who you are defending when you close out. Am I closing out hard on someone who is a shooter? Or am I closing mm -hmm. out on someone who I know is a driver and I'm not going to run at them and jump uh, straight up and know that they can take me off the dribble and go to the basket? Do right. I know the situation? Where am I in the shot clock? Where? Who is the closest man to the basket? Those simple things are things that break down for this team consistently. And there's only so much coaching. And, we, and you could go back on years on. There's only so many coaches that you could come in at some point and say, guys, I need you to do these things. They're on you. They're on you as a professional basketball player to say, I'm not going to let my man go through this lane without getting tapped. I'm not going to let my man, when he shoots the ball, go untouched. I'm going to put my ass on him like we are in the Jamaican basement party. I am going to, you know, make sure that, like we said, we are talking about making people uncomfortable. And last night, 
the Hornets for 40 minutes were anything but uncomfortable when Miles Bridges can go six for eight from the floor and dunk on all your people multiple times and get threes in transition. When you see guys like Terry Rozier, who is a streaky guy, but you give him confidence because you're giving him open, clean looks in transition and he gets to finish at the rim without anybody hurting him. Mm-hmm. Well, then those things, it doesn't matter who you have on offense because you will never score enough points if you are giving up those points right back on the other end. The hardest that the Hornets had to work last night was getting off of the bus and going through security to get into the Smoothie King Center. Because quite honestly, from that point on, they were just given lanes to do whatever it is that they want. Dave, how do you take shots? Your team rebounds. The same person that just took that shot and missed gets a pass as he's running down the lane and just, as you said, dunking on you. And you, over the defensive end, are just looking around at each other. Well, I thought you were going to get it. Well, I thought you was going to get it. You know, the person that got it was the one who didn't think either one of you was going to get it, and they just decided to go and get the basketball. They know. It's really that simple. They watched the film. It's a level of personal pride. And just like you said, Dave, everything that you just took into account was all predicated off of you watching the film and knowing your opponent, knowing your opponent doesn't like to rebound. And I guarantee you in the Hornets locker room, they were saying, listen, the Pelicans will not defend and the Pelicans will not rebound. So guys, even if you miss a shot, just keep moving, go rebound and you will get an open lane to the basket. Secondly, playing defense is nothing but taking it personally. Just like you gave the story about you and your brother with basketball, I have a brother who is 10 years younger than me. And if he was here right now, he would tell you, he has never beaten me in basketball because there is no way on God's green earth I'm going to allow him to beat me in basketball because I take it more personally because it's my younger brother. I can't allow my kid brother to put his foot on my neck or in my behind. There is no way. And every time that we have played, I literally take it personally because there's no way my kid brother, who also is a hell of a basketball player, is going to beat me. Now, do we play one-on-one now? Absolutely not. But I know I'm still a better shooter than he is, and I'm going to go to my spots where I'm shooting. I'm not going to go to his – like, why would I play into his hands? If I know I'm not a good corner ball shooter and I'm the first one taking the shot, what point do I have to prove to go in the corner? To, oh, let me show you I can make this shot. Dude, I'm going to my bread and butter. The name of the game is to score the most points to win the game. So with that being said, when I did realize that he was better than me because I was 10 years older than him, once I got up on him by two, all of a sudden, hey, my back is hurting. I can't play anymore today, dude. My back hurts. I'm done. Wait, wait, you can't do that. How do you think I can't do that? I'm the oldest brother. Secondly, it's the fact. But then he realized, okay, my brother's passing on the torch to me in that, dude, it's yours now. I can't run back and forth. I can't defend and slide that way. Because for me, if I can't make you uncomfortable as a defender, you're going to kick my behind. 
Mm-hmm. It's a proven fact. No matter who that player is, it doesn't matter if they're 50 years old or 20 years old. If I cannot make you uncomfortable and difficult for you to get off your shots or get to where you want to get to your sweet spots, I'm not going to win the game. So at some point, you've got to realize, as we've also said, for the time is undefeated. But with this young Pelicans basketball team, you don't have to believe in defense. You don't even have to be the greatest defender if you will but just be decent enough to know that let's say for instance if I know the guy I'm defending is much quicker than me there's no way I'm going to crowd him knowing he's going to blow by me so I'm going to go ahead and if they can't see me I'm going to back off to give you some space I'm going to put that hand distance out there I'm not going to give you six feet I'm going to give you two feet I'm going to get you three feet, but I'm not going to allow myself to be barraged with you attacking the rim because you're quicker than me. So it's a matter of me knowing who I can crowd, who's not a good penetrator, and knowing who I can't crowd. But these guys on this team, again, they don't take it personally. We they saw don't them give a baseline last night. Base. Which baseline. is again, those are these are basic bath. The baseline, the baseline is, your, is your help defense. It is the, the coach always told you that's the sixth defender on the court is the baseline. And you see the Pelicans allowing people to drive with their strong hand on the baseline. You cannot do that. That is this, this is fundamental basketball. These are the things that you learn in week one, day one of camp when you are a kid. You when you're don't <laughs> give up the baseline. And these are people, and I would I say this and I lean on this. And and going back to last year, the Pelicans fans have been complaining. This team no, this team has not focused on defense. The coaching staff doesn't focus on defense. Well, you change coaching staffs, you change to a philosophy for a man that you know defense is his priority, that has built defenses everywhere he's ever been. At the very least, he's built up strong defenses. And if the man is telling you, Four games ago, he started telling you this defense is slipping. This defense is slipping. Slipped the second game. Slipped the third game. Slipped last night. And everybody still wants to talk about the offense. Stop worrying about the offense. You And, and the, the offense, there will be times in every season when you get hot and there's times when you're going to be cold. There's going to be times when all your shooters are clicking. There's going to be times. You have to carry but defense. Defense, defense has night. to be – defense has to be consistent. It's a must. You don't have to have, and just like you said, you're not going to have your best shooting night every single night. But defense is literally all on you. And then the fact that your head coach has specifically kept telling you in advance, our defense is slipping. We got to do something about it. It has to be done. There is only, and you know, there's only so much a coach can do. Now, if you're just playing bad basketball, yeah. That's on the coach. If you never seem like you're in in, in 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 a groove, if you seem like you're never in a position where you're not feeding the hot hand, where you don't know who the go-to guy is, when you don't know how to execute late game situations, yeah, that's coaching. But in these situations here, this is all on you, the player. And there's nobody else this can be put on. And I'm telling you, people, get, as Charles Barkley would say, just because you put lipstick on a pig, don't make a, a pretty girlfriend or anything else. It's still a pig with lipstick. Same situation here. 
it doesn't matter what you do on the offensive end if you can't stop anybody. If this other team never feels your presence, if this other team literally, I don't know if you saw this towards the end of the game last night as well, even in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. the Hornets, when they were, if Gordon Hayward would score and get fouled or if, or if LaMelo got fouled, they were laughing. Like they were having a good time. They were literally engaged in the game and they were never, the they never bitch. felt the whole they literally, Dave, I'm looking at their body language. Wait, but you mean analytics doesn't account for body language? Wait, hold on. Exactly. It does not. We're watching body language. We're watching the way players are moving on the court. Analytics will never account for that, ever. The, 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 the Charlotte Hornets last night knew. They didn't just think or believe they were going to beat the Pelicans. They knew they were going to beat the Pelicans because they were doing the things that are necessary and required to get wins. We may not be the best shooting basketball team. Matter of fact, we're not. Just because Gordon Hayward is a fantastic shooter doesn't mean the whole team is. But you know what we can do? We're going to defend you. We're going to put you in uncomfortable positions where we know you're only going to get one shot because you're not going to offensive rebound. You're not going to make it a point to also be unselfish and move the basketball to make us work. So we are going to make the game easy on ourselves. And again, and I know we're going to move on to the next topic, Mm -hmm. but again, hands down, Everybody knows that we are in total agreement when it comes to defense and rebounding, when it comes to making it difficult for players to get where they want. I've said it before. You've said it before. As an offensive scorer, the one thing I hated more than anything else, I don't care what defense your team threw at me, the one thing I hated more than anything else was somebody crowding and being in my space and agitating me. There is nothing that got under my skin because then what would happen? I'm going to get out of my God doggone game. Or now this person. Mm-hmm. Or the full disrespect of somebody knowing that you are going to take a dumb shot. Dumb shot. Yeah. Off of you <laughs> because they know you will take the shot that they want you to take. So, I mean, you've seen it. There have been games this season. I can't, I think it was one of them was Andre Drummond did it to somebody and they were standing in the corner and Andre didn't even look at him. He just turned his back because he's like, you're going to miss this shot. Yeah, They didn't do that to the Pelicans last night specifically, but there are times when you see that people know you're going to take the wrong shot. The wrong person is going to take the wrong shot. And they were going team, to rebound. The, the Hornets were going to rebound your shot before you even took it. That's the disrespect. That's the disrespect. Just like you said, turning your back on a player. Like, pfft, whatever. And I know they, you're going you to, to be this. true. You know this to be true. You know this to be true. Like you said, the dumb shot. Because we all who grew up on a park playing ball, what was the one thing you learned very early on? Oh, he self-checked. Self-checked? He self-checked. Self-checked. He yep. self-checked. I know Dave. this dude, every time he comes off this pick, he's going to shoot it. I know it. And he's not going to make it. So I'm going to keep letting him run that play. You know what I'm saying? Like, keep running that. Keep running that. Let him run that. We're going to give him that look because you know he's stupid enough to take that shot. And that's what they are counting on that, is your that, ignorance of yourself. That used to be one of the best things ever playing park ball. Self-check. Self-check. <laughs> oh, how about this? How about this? Everybody, just go rebound. He going to miss. Like, dude. The other, the other way. He don't want it. 
when if somebody drives to the basket and you knew they were going soft, he don't want that. And you don't even try to defend them. You go and go into the lane and you know they're already looking for you. And you're like, lay up and that misses. And you go in the other way and you already left him. Because you knew that that dude, there, I have been that guy in certain games. You know, we all have. You've had that day where it just ain't nothing going down and everybody knows. And then you've seen that guy and you recognize you like, Every time this cat drives to the rim, he's not. He doesn't want to finish. He don't want to finish, and he's gonna blow it. And you know, and you know, I'm laughing that hard genuinely because it is so true, bro. That is the biggest form of disrespect in the game of it. basketball. You don't want or big for nothing. That would kill you. That's another one too. That's another one too. Big for nothing. You yeah. six seven. You six eight. You <laughs> can't do nothing around the rim, man. You just big for nothing. Give me your when a dude is like, give me your height, give me your height, give me your, give me your inches, man, give me your inches, I'll kill you, give me your inches, and you're like, oh, bro. oh my god, oh, boy, bro. if that don't bring back great memories of playing as a kid on the park and honing your craft, oh my god, that was the best. And AD, that was the best. AD and David Wesley were talking about this last night on the broadcast, and that again, film don't lie, that cats swear that they played hard. Cats will tell you, I did my job. I held my responsibilities. And then when you sit in that film, and we've all been there too, you sitting there, and coach got the film running, and they hit that pause, and they look at everybody on the court. They just look at what the other team is, and you see they got three in front of y'all, and you got five dudes all behind the three point line running, kind of. And you swore that in the memory of yourself, you was like, I was busting my ass off. And then we're like, is that you? Is that you? That's a three one right there. Ain't that you, bro? That's three one. That's you. You sure that's you, right? Yeah, I just want to make sure. Yeah. I, but I, I don't want you know, you know, because I don't want to call y'all to put you on blast. I just want to make sure that's that you. ain't you. You, you tell me because you just told me how hard you was working. And what's that's your doing? man underneath the basket, and I see you at the half court line. Why? Why is that the case? And you can't say <laughs> it's on him. It's on him. It's on him. You still got to get back. It don't matter what else is going on. If coach oh say God. the priority is, and that's what Van Gundy is saying, the priority is get back. You gotta get back, and you hear it every last night. You heard it go, and people need to listen to the broadcast again. The loudest person on the court was the coach. You was can the hear coach. Van Gundy saying, "Get up." You can hear him saying, "Run." You can hear him saying, "Go." You can. I mean, and you didn't hear a single player say it, bro. The fact, and, and this is the, as, as much as I, of course, and, and we all know why, and leadership is essential, not just in one organization, not in just one city, not just in one state, but as a country, leadership is essential for everything. And no question, I miss being in the arena and being able to, let me wrong, I, I, I love watching it on television. But the great thing about nobody or very few people being in the arena now, even with the piped in noise, you get to hear exactly who's talking. You get to hear exactly what is going on. That said, when your head coach is doing more talking than anybody else, that means the players on the floor are not engaged in the game or with their teammates. You see, how do you 
let's say, for instance, since we go high low, if I'm at the free throw line defending and you're further down in the paint, let's say you're on the block, but you're assessing because you're behind me, Dave, what's going on, and you see your man leaving you to come set a screen, how do you not go, Dino, Dino, pick right, pick right, pick right? How do you not communicate that? So you're going to let me run into this. But what you fail to realize is D Grub, that's also going to put pressure on you now because you don't know who you have to defend. But if we're talking to each other, if we're in communication, dude, that changes the landscape. It makes them have to adjust and adapt. And if Stan Van Gundy is the loudest talker on your floor, you have got long-term problems. So you can take your analytics and shove it wherever you want. Analytics ain't going to account for that. Oh, but then it will because the other team will also be able to increase their analytic numbers, getting what it is that they want offensively. If you don't play defense on a string, if you don't communicate, you will not win. This is a proven fact. This is not something that, that, that you and I just came up with. This has been since the dawn of time. How many times, even in football, for those of those who are big-time Saints fans, and our offense this, our offense that, well, how many times has the Saint offense been nothing, and it took what? The defense to create offense. The defense to give the Saints offense a short field to get easy scores. Saints this is not brain surgery. Here, Saints 12-4, and four, Drew Brees missed five game, four games, um, Saints top five defense in the NFL. All right? Don't Saints tell me defense don't win. Right? Don't That's tell what me defense about. don't win. So all them years when they're putting up 5,000 yards, Drew Brees putting up record numbers, all that stuff, how many rings they got them years? Mm. How many rings? Nada. And people Not were talking one. about the Chiefs. People were talking about the Chiefs. Chiefs had a very good defense at times, yes, but they also have a – there are times with otherworldly offense. You want to use – don't use the exception. Again, don't use Golden right. State as the right. rule. They are not right. the rule. No, sir. So no, you sir. Can't, and it's the same thing when you look at the Lakers and you talk about them and say, if you want to emulate them, no, you can't build an Anthony Davis and a LeBron James in a lab. No, no. But the Lakers do two things. They play defense every night. Every, every night. night. Disjointed at times. It's disjointed yep. at times. But at the same time, they also have two guys, one in Anthony Davis who can score when facilitated properly on anybody. He mm -hmm. has the ability to score. Yes. And yes. he has a guy in LeBron James who understands that and understands mm -hmm. what that guy needs at all times to be successful. I know what Anthony needs. Anthony has to have the ball here. Anthony has to have the ball here. Anthony needs touches in the first quarter. Anthony needs touches in the fourth quarter. This is a da 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 da, -da. Those are things that, that are figured out by intelligent ball players. And as we transition to offense. Basketball IQ. Basketball IQ. The offense, again, with this team, it's not about the players individually. These are all skilled offensive players. Brandon Ingram is as skilled as they come. They're Absolutely. Skilled. Zion yes. offensively is still. Uh, Zion offensively in the post, facing up, is he's doing much better this year um, and taking people off the dribble. He still needs to stop turning it over so much, but that's a young skin. 30, 31 games in your career, turnovers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But these are not guys who get each other. And part of that, again, you added, you changed 40% of your starting lineup offensively in adding Eric Bledsoe and in bringing in Steven Adams. It's not as big a problem to slide as Steven Adams as he fits in anywhere. Dude knows his spots. 
He knows how to screen. He's he knows who he is. He knows what he is. Confident, fully confident in it. There are very yes. few people in the league that you will meet who are more self-assured and understanding of who they are as a man, let alone a basketball yes. player. Yes. Adams. They ain't no fake in Steven Adams. Yep. But you take these other guys. Yes, you take Alonzo Ball, who is at times, and even though still he's producing numbers that are not great right now, but you look at what he's done compared to, like people love to compare him to De'Aaron Fox. Statistically wise, they're basically what and what this year. Not in the mm-hmm. numbers of scoring numbers, but for the shooting and the turnovers, all those things, basically the same. Mm-hmm. And, and in, in fact, Lonzo has a higher net rating when he's on the floor than De'Aaron Fox. But these guys are not playing as a group. They're playing as five individuals. Off exactly. And, and even with, and again, even with Lonzo's numbers being equal to or even better than in a couple of statistical categories. It's impact. They, son of a, you took my word, bro. You took my word, bro. His impact on the game is never felt. His leadership on the game is never felt. And it's just not there. And mind you, I don't want people to be like, man, Dino is hard. I'm hard because I know the games and what it takes to win. If you are not leaving an imprint, if you are not having an impact on the game, I don't care about your stats, dude. You are not making your team better. You're not doing the unselfish things. Again, this, I hate to say it. Take a page out of your, out of your younger brother's book. Your younger brother went into Charlotte with the mindset of the, 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 the things I know I can do is I can fly like a bat out of hell up the court. Two, I guarantee you LaMelo has told his guys, but more importantly, his teammates have figured out, listen. Run with when him. That, when that joker gets the ball, Run go. with him. Go. Because he's going to find you. Okay. But I will say this, though. Last night. There were at least two occasions when Lonzo got the ball and started to go up the court. And again, you hear Stan Van Gundy saying in the background, run, 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 run. And the only person that was up there with him was Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe. And Bledsoe cannot be that guy because I can't throw it up ahead to Bledsoe for a lob. I can't throw it to Bledsoe to cut to the basket and dump on a center. I can't even feel confident about throwing it across the court for Bledsoe in the corner to shoot that three because that's not his shot. So if Ingram ain't running, if Zion ain't running, if Adams ain't running in that situation, there is no fast break and you have not given Lonzo the opportunity to do what he does well. So that is also, you can take it in isolation and say Lonzo, but if there are these circumstances, you got to run too. And there were so many times where the Pelicans got across and you saw they were getting called out by Joel Myers about it over and over again. You got to get over before the 18, guys. You got to get over before 18. They're crossing half court and giving the Hornets, and they do this on a nightly basis. And I'm telling you, again, this is not what Jeff Stanman Gundy has told these guys to do. He is not telling them to take six seconds to get that ball across half court. He's not telling them to wait 15 seconds to start the offense. He's not saying that. So it's on the players, and these are their decisions that they're making because they are more comfortable settling than they are being taking the chance of being aggressive and getting hit 
and getting attacking the basket and making getting offensively saying you have to stop me. You have to and Zion Williamson, I would say on offense, he gets you see early in the game, he got a bunch of touches in the first quarter. Got early mm-hmm. touches, and in, mm-hmm. in a lot of, in the games with you see when they get off the fast starts, he gets early touches. They were at the beginning of the game last night. They were throwing those soft lobs into him where he was defending, and they, they could have thrown a little more snap, but they had the right ideas. They were throwing him soft lobs near the basket. He was able to go up and score. Then you see Zion getting down when he does get down and get an early hit, and everybody looking ahead. Yes, There's no one looking ahead for him. So for Zion and what we see, that impacts directly his defense. Because no one gets – he gets very frustrated when he does not get his touches. And he gets more lackadaisical on both ends. There you he go. He becomes a worse screener on offense. He becomes a worse rebounder offensively unless the he shot gets, is his. He gets and, deflated. He's a 19-year-old kid. He's not a grown man. He's a 19-year-old kid. And that's what 19-year-old kids He's like, I do. got my seal. I did what I was supposed to do. I'm here. I ran the floor. I sealed early. Throw me the fucking ball. And they don't throw it. And so he's like, okay. All right. But now I got to watch y'all dribble over here. Let me let me answer that. True, Stan is saying run. But the reason why I put it, and I'm not putting it all on Lonzo. No. Because no. there has to be that personal level of let me fly my ass down the court. But Lonzo or Eric, being that they're considered both point guards, yes. they both need to be the ones, run! Yes. Get the ball. Yes. Go! Let's go! Yes. They Nobody should be... Take, <laughs> they gotta take the charge as well. They have to be, God damn it, Brandon, run! Zion, I understand, I missed you on the... And you see, that's the thing, you gotta talk to Zion, he's 19 years old. Zion, I know I missed you. You have to give him positive reinforcement. I know I missed you on that last post. Go out! Repost, there come you go. in and establish yourself again. There Do you go. that. Make yourself available again. And don't let me miss you the second time. You call me. You say, demand, ball. Demand the ball. Dave, in high-low, how much have we talked about? When you come across the lane, I'm not – Dave, if you're on the wing and I'm flashing across that damn lane, I'm not asking you, hey, Dave, I'm open. Can you throw me the ball? Dave, yeah, give me the ball. Ball, ball, ball. Fuck you, Dave. And I'm not saying it in a negative way, but I'm open. Give me the damn ball. I'm the one that's going to make us go. I have a seal on this player right now. Give me the ball. And you I'm know either taking him into the basket or I'm getting to the line. Start happening? You know what's going to start happening? Eric Bledsoe, J.J. Redick, Lonzo Ball, Nikhil, all your guards, they're not going to have to wait for you to say, I'm open now, open now. They're going to come now looking specifically for you now because you have demanded the basketball. That is great that you're a talented. Having five talented players on the court doesn't mean that they're all of a sudden one fist. That's like the five fingers that I'm opening up. Yeah, my fingers are all talented. But if I'm in a damn dog fight or if I'm in a fight with anybody, my hands being open is not going to help me any. I need to wrap that fist up and have all five of those fingers together. That's the only way you are going to come out and win games. So, yes, I know Zion. And that's the thing about it. That's what the leadership has to be about. Mm -hmm. Eric, you've been in the league long enough to do this. Eric, you walk up to Zion. 
Look here, big fella. Look here. Look, 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 look. Listen, 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 listen. I know I missed you on that last one, but I'm not going to miss you again. Repost. Here's what I need you to do. If I, for some reason, look you off, I need you to, Eric, Eric, ball, 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 ball. I need you to talk to me, communicate with me, because maybe I missed you not intentionally. Maybe I thought I saw something else that closed up really quickly when you had it. So you know what that means? That means if my body is positioned on this side of the block and all of a sudden you've made a step as a guard, that means I'm going to step over and get even more open and demand the basketball. So I don't like to use the word blame, Dave, and I never no, have. No. But there's enough. There's a no, 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 no. I'm definitely not saying shared that. responsibility. Responsibility. Shared responsibility. See, this is the reason why people think that we're always in unison on everything because we can finish each other's sentences. That's exactly what I am talking about. There is enough responsibility to go around on this team for everybody to own what they need to do better in order to win. And, and it's that simple because the recognition, those types of things, yes, they take time. Like there, there was one situation last night that kind of drove me nuts. Zion had Devontae Graham on him. He had Sitting the ball and he had Devontae Graham. And he dribbles it over and gives a dribble handoff to, um, I think it was Bledsoe, who was being guarded by yeah. Big. I know what you're and talking so about. And so now you've got the switch and the Big is back on you. No, 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 no. What Zion has to do in that situation, and these are things that you can't put on the coach. Again, if you are Zion Williamson and you recognize I have a mouse in the house, you tell Eric, go away. Get away from me. Go away. Either stay Don't in bring him back over here. Don't or bring go him back over away here. because I've got this guy. So I'm going to back down and I'm, I'm either going to wait him. for that double or I'm going to turn to this basket quick enough to score. You cannot give that ball back to the guard in that situation. And these nope. are things that have to be learned. And I think, and, and again, I'm not willing to die on this, you know, kill this offense nine games into the season because, yes, these all. guys have to learn together. But I don't like the fact that we've had three times this season where somebody had to say, well, I had to remind Eric Bledsoe that this is a guy who scored, that you scored 20 points a game in this league. Why am I reminding Eric Bledsoe of that? You know what I'm saying? I had to remind Zion that he could do this. I had to tell this guy that he's a shooter, that you're a shooter. Why are we telling each other this in the locker room? Why are we telling each other this in the locker room? That's on you. That's on you to come into the building every night and say, I know what I can do. I know what I cannot do. And I know what I'm going to do tonight. Yes. And if you don't, if somebody else on your team has to remind you of that before the game, or after, you be, it's you one thing to come to you, like you said, in the middle of the game, to come on and be like, hey, man, you can take that guy on the post anytime you want. We're going to find you. Three times a row, we're going to run it till they stop it. Remember, we, we talked about that before. Run it till they stop it. Run it till they stop it. That's on the players. That's their recognition because either you want yeah, the coach dude. to call the play every time down the court, which is what no one wants to see. Great basketball yep. teams do not do that. They don't need to do that. They recognize I where see, the mismatches are. They recognize I where the advantages see are. And, and, this is what, and this is what we're also referring to. You want to see it to the point that Lonzo and Eric are coming down the court and telling Stan, ah, we got this, we got this. I saw something last time. Let me run this. Let me run this. Let me run this. 
and you start directing traffic. That's what a point guard's job is, to direct traffic. You are the conduit. You are the in-between your team and your coaches. And you see when you give that level of leadership to your, your, your teammates and that level of confidence to your coaches, you are now playing the game of basketball in that you aren't just out. Just because you put the uniform on doesn't mean you're understanding what is going on in the game. You have to, there are times yet you're also, you're seeing things happening and you're setting it up for something else that is going to happen the next trip down the floor. So if I saw the last time this guard make a switch before I made my first pass, I'm going to put this particular player in this position. I'm going to run the same play that Stan wants. I'm just going to run it with Steven Adams on this side, as opposed to Zion on this side. Cause I know when they make that switch, Zion's going to be on the other side as he's coming across to get him the ball, an easy score. That's leadership. That's leadership. That's on the court leadership and on the court adjustments. That's all this is. And if they all want, and if the fans want all that, it goes again, if you want the transition, if you want the highlights, if you want the dunks, it starts with defense. So you got to turn that defense into those offensive Because in the half court, you ain't going to get a ton of lobs in the half court. No, sir. You know, this is the NBA. You're not going to get a ton of back doors in the half court. It's just people, again, they watch film. They know what you can do. <laughs> They're not going to sit there and let you get dunks and layups and stuff. Only you're doing that. You're allowing this. This is why last year we, we had these conversations about Alvin, and every week we'd be like, well, why is the other team, why are they getting so hot against you? Remember when Alvin would say, well, they hit shots. That's a good team over there. Right. Shot. But why are they always hitting them against you? Right. If you're the common denominator that your team is the team that they always hit shots against, it's not the other team. It's you. When teams come to New Orleans and they look forward to playing you, that's it's you. That's a you problem. That's not a them problem. When you let the worst offense in the league come in your building and light you up, that's on you. They didn't get hot oh, that man. night. You lit the match. Oh, you lit God. the match. They came in carrying ice. <laughs> Every last one of them. They looking like the, like the old 1930s with the big clamps bringing in ice cubes into the building. And you over there providing them with parkas and lighters. And you trying to get hot chocolate. And you getting these dudes warmed up because you refuse to engage them defensively. So don't you get got the plan. Dave. They got the players on the bench hoping to get some minutes tonight. Right, man, man. Like, we playing the penalties. I'm getting my run. I'm getting double digits tonight. Six dudes got double figures for the Hornets last night. Six. <laughs> oh my god. Um, no, six. No, no, six dudes that don't. No, come on, man. Every night, every night, cats out here having hey. games. Like we always say, like we always say, why is it that everything that we are asking the Pelicans to do, other teams are doing to us? Every team, every team, bro, you got the guys who come off the bench in Gordon's ear telling them, say, bro, get going early so I can get some minutes tonight. I want to get some numbers tonight too, man. Dude, dude, you know what we playing at? We playing the Pelicans. You know they don't defend? Come on, man, let me get some minutes. You're upset with your starters if they don't have a 10-point lead because that will give you some minutes to get in the game as well. 
every team, just like when we're talking about defense, it's amazing how other teams can make us work hard on offense and make us take bad shots and defend us, but we don't ever return that favor. Never. And they're self-checked. Again, you talk about self-checks, that's what they do offensively constantly. Kobe Bryant said it about James Hart, right? You cannot stay at the top of the key, dribble, run, pick, and roll all game long and let the defense look at you and think you're going to win a lot of games. Because right. that's what they want. They want to be able to see everything you're doing. Everything's and when doing, you yep. are putting at your point, you're basically making Brandon Ingram your point guard and putting him at the top of the key every time. And the action starts with him there. Every time. That's, again, I don't think that that's the way the offense is constructed. I do not believe that. I think that people are deferring because they are not confident in their confident. Roles. Absolutely. They don't understand what they really should be doing. And they are not aggressive enough with each other to be honest. They Which are not communicating with each other and saying, dude, come to me early. Dude, Which I'm is, over here. Which is also which, which what it also does along with that is it puts Brandon in inauspicious position that he that he now all of a sudden has to save them. It's like, dude, you get me the pill with three seconds left, and now I got to make a quick decision? Now I got to jack up some bullshit shot? And like, he's forced himself it, into the, to this thing don't... where that's why the turnovers go up. That's why he's got four turnovers. That's why Steven Adams, because they're all now thinking, I got to get it over to this guy because of the shots. Because after yep. the game, everybody's saying, well, he took this many shots. He took this many shots. He took the Stop counting the shot attempts. Again, you are looking at the outcome. How do shot attempts come? How Look do at guys the situation. get them? When do they come? Are they getting, or is somebody taking all their shots in the first quarter? Are they getting them in the second? Are they getting them early in the clock? Are they get, all those things matter. It's not the total at the end of the game. Stop looking at just the Z. Are the, What's are the, the shots, plus the Y? Are the shots contested? Are they bad shots? Are they shots where you literally, as the shot clock was running down, you had to yank? Dude. And that's what they are not grasping is that aspect. Here's another thing that I've noticed. The Brandon's movement without the ball is not there either. There is no him moving around without the basketball. Or the others Every either. time you he don't moves. see Bledsoe flashing. You don't see Lonzo flashing. And when Lonzo does flash, nobody's looking. They ain't looking. Yep. And you're not seeing – and I would like – as good a passer as Adams is, why is he not in the high post more to make those passes? Because we saw last night, again, when Zion is posted up, Josh Hart cannot throw that entry pass from the top. Only, no. There are only three players on that roster who can throw that entry pass to Zion from the top. Adams, Lonzo, mm -hmm. and Bledsoe. They're the only three capable of making that pass. Ingram doesn't even really throw a great pass from the top for, as it's an entry more, pass. Right. It's, it's more a of a lob than Brandon. Yeah. 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 That's a guard's pass. It's not a forward's pass. And yet, and yet, guys are continuing. Again, that's something we've talked about with this team for years, too. The lack of ability to throw a simple post-entry pass. They couldn't do it for AD. They couldn't do it for Boogie. They couldn't do it. it the post-entry pass is a lost art, and these dudes need to figure that out. If you're going to have Zion Williamson, you better figure out how to throw a post-entry pass. And they don't get it. And they don't move and create space. And this is on them because I cannot believe you are not going to tell me that there's a single offensive coach in the NBA who tells his guys don't move once you've let go of the ball. You yeah. are always conditioned. <laughs> Again, I've, let, I've passed. 
Well, I got to go do something. I have to go do something. Just out of habit, you are supposed to move. After you pass, that's why it's called pass and cut. It's not called pass and stand. It's not called pass and look. It's not called pass and tie my shoestring. Pass and cut. Pass Pass and and relocate. Pass and screen. All those things. That's just like this. If I'm in the corner and you're on the block, and I dump it into you on that post. My defender leaves to go double team. If my defender who went into double team you, if he doesn't run back to that corner like he is supposed to, something is wrong offensively because that means I'm still stuck in the corner. So even if we're on the same side of the court, Dave, if I kick it in the post to you on that low block, as soon as I kick it in and I see my defender leave, I'm moving to the wing. I'm moving because my defender is still thinking I'm in the corner and he's going to go run his dumb ass back to the corner. What do I have now? A good, clean look to get a shot off. But yet better and still, even if I don't take that clean shot after you've kicked it to me, what are you going to do? You're going to reposition and repost for me to dump it back to you. I'm like, it's a game of cat and mouse. This is not brain surgery. This is why you move the ball, because what you are looking for, this is what teams are doing against the Pelicans. They are reversing the ball and waiting for you to make the mistake, because that's what you do in basketball. You are waiting for that one fraction of a second of advantage that you can get, whether it's going downhill, whether it's for open shot, whether it's for the pass, whatever. You are looking for that advantage, and that only comes through movement. If I'm standing... On either end, I cannot create an advantage for myself. If you are standing, so so so, let's say I'm playing defense, all right? <laughs> that ball gets dumped down into you. Your guard who dumped it down in that post to you, he decides he's just going to stand. You go ahead and you naturally kick it back out to him because now you're double team. If I can run back to that corner and you're still there, I have also stopped you again from getting that shot off. Dude, because you're standing in the same spot. Move. As the basketball moves, you have to move. The ball has to be ahead of the defender, and the ball is behind the defender offensively over and over again for the Pelicans. They are waiting for the defense to arrive before they move the ball it does not that only works if the double team is coming it does not work when you are one-on-one if you are waiting for your man and you allow him time to close out then you've already compromised yourself because you've ruined yourself the ability to take him off the dribble you've ruined your ability to set him up for a screen which they also don't do well another thing you everybody keeps saying run more screen and roll run more screen and roll somebody got a screen they're Somebody got a screen. They're not <laughs> they, good at it. They don't send screens. You know what's funny? You know what's funny? Me and you are yelling like Stan Van Gundy right now. <laughs> you can't run pick and roll if you won't pick. Man, if, I, if, if I'm trying to get by, if my screen is me trying to get by you like we have Mardi Gras and I'm trying to get to the front of the line so I can get closer to the beads, if I'm just sliding through, if that's you my screen... It ain't a screen, you can't man. roll if there ain't no damn pick. You can't roll if there ain't no pick. It's that simple. You're not at a high school dance rolling on a girl. You got to set a pick to roll. You got to shake uh-huh. bones, man. You got to shake bones. And Stephen Adams said, he said this a couple of times. He said a couple, a couple of games ago, he said, 
I, there's a couple of times where I've missed setting, you know, making somebody's bone shake. And that's what I want to hear. That's what I want you to do. If you set the screen, you want that dude's head to bop. <laughs> you, you've done it. You've seen it. Everybody loves it. When you get somebody unawares and you catch them with that good screen and you did what you're supposed to do, your legs are bent, your feet are planted, you're, yeah. you're covering up your, your jewels and you get a bam. <laughs> and you know what you're but, but then, But then you know what you're also doing, though? You're also making that defender look to see when that screen is coming. Because now you're like, well, I don't want hold that. On, hold on. I don't want no piece of it. Because I don't want to get that head snapped back again. Now you're hit. And then what happens? As soon as you look that way, what does that guard do? Take off and go that way. Bruh! I'm like, guys. And if Jackson Hayes and Zion want their lobs in those situations, You've got to hold the screen. If you do not, if you just rub screen and come off, no, you've got to hold it that extra half a second before you slide to the basket. You can't already be in the motion of going, ah, I'm curling. No, it's not a curl. It's a stop. There's a a hard T when you draw this up into play. When the coach is not a yield, you're not yielding. You're not yielding. You're not upset with the police officer because he stopped you because you did the rolling stop. You have to stop. The complete. <laughs> All right. This is so hilarious, before we finish this. Hey, sir, the reason why I'm cracking, you know why I'm cracking up Larry, bro, because this is what we do, man. We're talking mm-hmm. basketball, brother. It's just that simple. We talked about cats who are self-checked. We talked about cats who just tall for nothing. We're talking, <laughs> we're yelling and screaming at each other like we're on the court play. And this is the level of if they the same level of intensity that we have when we do high low on hard in the paint, if they have that same level of tenacity, that same level of engagement, that same level of understanding other players tendency, that same level of leadership and talking do this basketball team, you have as good you a starting lineup as anybody in the league. As good a starting five as anybody in the league. You have talent on this team. You have talent on this team. But again, just because you have five fingers on this hand doesn't mean those fingers are all coming into a fist. Well, let's they talk about that. To. Let's talk about the fight. You usually got two fists, which means yes. 10 fingers. 10 fingers. The Pelicans what? maybe got seven right now. Seven you fingers the- total. You got a chance to win something when you do that. But the Pelicans, like we got to talk about that because the roster, Let, there is that. no bench. Let's last go night we got a bunch of points. Josh Hart, nineteen off the bench, fantastic, great. JJ mm-hmm. Redick gets hot, seventeen off the bench, five, mm-hmm. fantastic. But you don't get really any minutes out of Nikhil Alexander Walker. Nikhil, um, you get nothing out of Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes. Uh, because nope. his his minutes were a disaster, and more often than not, he still is a disaster. Mm-hmm. You have no one as a real legitimate backup three. You play Josh Hart as a three, though he doesn't do what threes typically do. He's not a great spot up shooter. He's not mm-hmm. a great ball handler, and he's not a guy who can take you off the you know like pump and, and go to the rim. He's not that kind of finisher. And he's, he's too small to be five. that extra rebounder. Yeah. yeah. He, He's a very solid rebounder. We know he's one of the best rebounding guards in the league, but he should not be getting nine rebounds off the bench. That's that's not right for him to be pulling that many. The other guys in front of him are all starters. Russell Westbrook, yes, is going to get 10 boards because that's what Russ does. That's Russell, yeah. That's his thing. So, yeah, yeah, he's going to get them. 
it's not if Josh Hart is your third leading, is your second leading rebounder most nights because you got issues. Zion Williamson a lot of nights. You got got issues with that. Yes, and you've got nothing at the three. People acting and waiting on William Gabriel as if he's going to be a savior. And William Gabriel, he might be fine, but he's still a dude with no experience legitimately in the NBA of having any minutes of value. And then mm-hmm. you can't, you have nothing at the four and you have nothing at the five behind Zion and behind um, Stephen Adams. And behind Stephen Adams. Yeah. So you are focusing, and it's not the fact that, and, and no, the starters have not played 39 minutes a game or things like that. It's not that. It's just that because that, that lineup, that David Griffin put together that he went outside his offseason. It's not versatile enough. It's the position wise. It's not long enough. And it's not athletic enough to compete with any second units in the league. You see when second units come in and they have to start mixing and matching. You mm-hmm. can't, you, all you have is little guys, right? You don't have anything of guys who can switch on the multiple players. You JJ can't do that. You know what I'm saying? You can't put Josh on a point guard and have him defend there. He can't. He's not quick enough there. And, and they shouldn't be in those here, positions because they shouldn't be in those positions because it's not beneficial to the team. And you put Jack. And anytime you have Jackson and Zion on the floor together defensively, it's a disaster. You are going to give up a run the moment those two step on the floor together. So you have created a roster where you are utterly dependent on your starters to play great every night. Mm-hmm. Because your bench will give it up in either that they you can't get enough production of them because you just don't have the numbers, or you do not have the proper composition on your bench to allow you to, to match up with people, with teams that do things differently than what you do well. Yes, absolutely. And that needs that to be, he, Griffin needs to answer for that. And without the nonsense answer so to speak if you will not the runaround rhetoric if you will the direct addressing it the way it needs to be it needs to be addressed it has to be so let's say this okay let's add to this now all right Mm -hmm. so we want the listeners that not only are we talking about the issues? Let's give them, how do we resolve these? Because we've touched upon some of those things just here and there. Mm-hmm. Griff definitely has to take ownership. The players have to take ownership. Mm-hmm. Stan can't be the main person that is more engaged than anybody else. All these different levels. So going forward, how do we fix it? Well, in my mind, you got to make a trade because you you financially you cannot sign anyone. You've ruined the cap in that sense because of the amount of money that you promised to Stephen Adams this year and over the next two years. Um, and to me, the only players that you have legitimately to trade is if you're going to sell. You have to sell Jackson Hayes now, which is what I would have done anyway. Um, Cause I just don't think you can wait on him for three or four years to develop. Um, if, if that's going to happen, he re- he's too much of a JaVale McGee for me of just, again, all the athletic ability, but I would say even this though, JaVale had a better understanding of what basketball was. I mean, JaVale came from a basketball family. His and JaVale was also, a- JaVale was also 
a very unselfish buy into the team. Yes, a, 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 a very much a team first guy. Just, very. just again, misgu- misguided, immature, needed to grow up, but certainly a team first guy. Mm-hmm. Jackson Hayes last night after the game, and and again, guys do how what they want to do, but. Yo, you out there showing folks your outfit on IG. I don't care, Jax. You played three minutes, you got two fouls, and you did nothing. Um, and Dave, not only do I not not only do I not care, D Grub, but I just lost. I just lost. I got an attitude. I don't want to be around nobody. If I'm I only got off. three minutes and I'm Jackson Hayes and I know that there's no other bigs challenging me for minutes, they ain't giving them to Melly. They ain't giving them to nobody. If that's me and I only got three. Then what do you do as any other player in any other level of basketball? You go to the gym or you come to practice the next day early and you're talking with the coaching staff and you're saying, what I got to do to get minutes? You tell me because clearly I'm not getting it myself because I ain't on the floor. So if I understood, I'd be on the floor. So you tell me, coach, what, what do, do I, I to do? got to do? There you go. To get me some more minutes there you go. today. There you go. How, what do exactly. I need to show you? Because I'm going to come out here and I'm going to show you. You won't give me That's, my minutes. And Dave, those are conversations that I remember as a player. And I'm not a thousand years old, so I'm not making it sound that way. But those are things that I specifically remember going to because I didn't go to the assistant. I, mean, I, I didn't go to our head coach with shit like that. No, that's not who you're going to talk to. They don't want to control the minutes. Assistants are the ones who control the minutes. See, that's what I'm saying, Dave. And people don't understand the inner workings of what we're trying to get them to understand as we're doing the podcast on Hard in the Paint with D Grubs is the fact that communication is not just with my teammates. Communication is with my assistants. Coach, listen to me. Listen. You know I have something. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. All right? but I'm not satisfied with me not getting any playing minutes. What do I need to do in order to get you to get coach to get me in the game? And I'm not trying to politic. I'm not trying to brown nose, but what do I need to do as a player to get minutes so that way I can help my team out and have coach have more confidence in putting me in the game? What do I need to work on? Please tell me. And you don't see that. You don't see the growth in Jackson at all, Dave. You don't see, you have no competition in the position behind Steven and you still don't get minutes. That should resonate in your mind. But here's the other thing the assistant coaches and your head coach is doing. They're looking at you post dumbass outfits of what you're wearing after a game and you just lost a damn game. You know what they're saying? He's not serious about the game. He don't have an attitude problem. Because I still, and you do as well, we still think about the games that we lost when we played. It still upsets me. When I see certain guys who I played against and they beat me, I got an issue with them still to this day as a grown-ass man. That bothers me. It'll put me in a very bad space. I'll never forget. I'm telling you this day. bro. I don't want to see Dwayne Spencer to this day. I don't want to see, like, and I like Dwayne. And he and I are friends on Facebook and whatnot. But I don't want to, like, if I see him, I'm going to think about playing against him at Cohen and him, them letting him play point guard against me at 6'10 and him embarrassing me in my gym. And I'm I'm a reserve good dude, but he embarrassed me too. How fucking disrespectful is that? How disrespectful was that? You take that shit personally still. Dude, 
Dave, my girlfriends that I had in high school, the girlfriends that I had in college, they all understood if that son of a bitch loses a game, don't wait for him after no game because he don't want no kiss. He don't want no hug. He don't want to hear, oh, well, you had a good game anyway. Girl, if you don't get the hell out of my face, we just lost. We lost. I have an issue. I have an attitude problem with I don't like losing. It eats at the core. That's my thought of how I get with her when she beats me at a game, a board game or something. Ask how how we are not friendly for like a a good bit. And you know, I love my baby girl more than anything in this world. Absolutely. She beats me. It don't matter if it's Candyland, Tiddlywinks. It don't matter. We we ain't cool for like an hour um, afterwards. And she's the same way. If she loses to me, it's something. We don't talk. She goes off and she's going to start, we will start ribbing each other. And it's, you know, it's family ribbing. We're going to make fun of each other. Right. Way. But and it's not in a, and it's not in a, it's not in a belittling manner when you're doing that. It's more of Natalia. I want you <laughs> to take it personally i want you to leave it all on here i want you to know that you're that when you step on this court when you step in that classroom when you step on this board game your intentions are to win and play at the highest level because there's something about this thing winning just feels good man it just feels good once you get a taste of it, it becomes addictive. It's a drug, if you will. It's never enough. It's you never-, never get enough because you love the will that you are imposing upon everybody else. And you're not gloating about it when you win, but it does. That psyche and the emotions, it takes control of you. And Bro, Dave, I was, I'm oh, glad I didn't see. No, I was going to say, I, I'm glad I didn't see. Jackson Hayes post about his outfit because I'm telling you, if he would have been my teammate, I would have called him personally and jumped his ass like there was no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You serious? You mm-hmm. posting a picture about a fucking outfit? We just lost at my house. We went one and yeah. three at home against teams that we should have beaten. At the worst, it should have been a three and one homestand. At the Un- worst, unacceptable. And you went one and three, and y'all are chilling. And uh, like I'll say this, um, I was watching, you know, um, All the Smoke, which is one of my favorite podcasts. I love those dudes, yeah. Steven yeah. Jackson and, and, and Matt Barnes. Matt they Barnes, talking, um, they're talking to Michael Rappaport about the thirty for thirty that he did on the Knicks, mm-hmm. and he, he was talking about when he interviewed Jerry West, who is a notorious bad loser. <laughs> right, Jerry West is one of the worst losers. Like, and when it comes to having good feelings about a loss, like dealing with it, Jerry West, no, he takes that personally. Anybody who knows Jerry West knows this. Like, yes. Jerry West legitimately never watched Lakers games when he was a, an executive because he could not take the fact that he had no control over the outcome. He but absorbed it too much. Yeah, he absorbs it all. Yeah, yeah. And, and it led to health troubles for him at certain times. Mm-hmm. Michael Rapport said he's talking about the finals that a couple of the finals that Jerry was lost, you know, lost one to the Knicks, you know, lost to the to Celtics. And he said, Jerry West starts tearing up. This is 40 years ago, 50 <laughs> years ago. You know what I'm saying? It's 1960s yeah. that these games happen. 
And to this day, Jerry West is carrying the scars of those losses. Just like when you saw The Last Dance, Michael Jordan has the catalog of every person that beat him at anything <laughs> in his mind. Before he passed away, Kobe Bryant could have told you every dude got a nickel from him in playing for shots after practice. He could tell you all those. It's psychotic and it's weird, but you have to be somewhere on that scale when you are a champion, you have to be somewhere on that range. That is why a Floyd Mayweather is a psychopath. That is a why, when you see the truly great Muhammad Ali psychopath, these people are not built like normal people. And you have to have at least two of those guys on your team at all times. Last year for the Lakers, it was Rondo and LeBron. Two Mm -hmm. are insane about winning and losing. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) For the Warriors, Draymond, KD, Steph, them dudes are insane about winning and losing. The Pelicans have to prove that they have somebody yes. on this roster. If not one, they better find two. Somebody who is insane about losing. Like, Dave. it has to be the thing. Like, not, there, if there's not a guy, there has to be at least one or two guys on the roster last mm-hmm. night who didn't sleep. Who like all night were sitting at their computer looking at the film again already, who are already looking at the Dallas film, getting ready for Monday, who are talking about I'm gonna be in the gym at seven this morning and getting my shots up. I'm gonna who's, be in the weight room doing my who is that guy today? Whose girlfriend, whose girlfriend or wife, even when he got home last night, knew just to leave his food on the counter or in the microwave went to bed without him, didn't even tell him good night because she too understand who she is dating or who she's married to. It has to be a buy-in from every single person. One of the players that I coach, ironically enough, here at UT Dallas and Richardson, my point guard, and when I tell you this cat, Joey had not had it all, man. This girl that he was dating, now his wife, and he'll tell you this. One night, I'm leaving the gym about 10 o'clock, breaking down video. And as I leave the gym, he's in there working on his game, getting up shots because we had just lost the previous game. He's aggravated still. This is two days later. He's aggravated still. All right. I go in the gym. And, it's, and, and, and mind you, the whole gym isn't lit up. Just half of it is because we give them access because a lot of people don't understand as athletes, that's where you live in your facility. That's where you live. I mean, that's your house right there. I go downstairs and his girlfriend is down there with him, but she's not sitting on the sideline. She's retrieving balls. She is rebounding and retrieving the ball to him. I go up to him and I go, that's the one you need to marry. And I'm proud to say, and I'm proud to say that he married her and he is still married to her with three kids. And he tells me, he goes, man. And he even told his wife, he goes, you know, coach Dino was the one that told me I needed to make you my wife because she was vested in you as well. She understood your passion. She understood what this was all about. So with that said, when it came to last night, and them, it brought me back to, and this is going back to when I was at St. Aug, bro, as a senior. 
This guy played behind me. I was a starter. I'm averaging 18, 19 points a game. So he wasn't getting any run, really. One day in practice, I get a break in the steal. I'm coming out on the break. I try to do something. I mishandle it, cross him up. He taps the ball and gets a steal from me. He has a son who's playing high school basketball. And he'll send me videos of his son. And I'm like, say, bro, that's good. Your son is doing well. But it still bothers me that you got a steal from me in practice one day. In practice, Dave. He goes, dog. He goes, you are literally freaking insane still. I go, say, bro, that sticks out in my mind. Tim Singleton, who went to Notre Dame, our senior year. He and I are going back and forth for the scoring title in the city. Back and forth. I'm going to Oregon. He's going to Notre Dame. We had to, they stopped the game in the fourth quarter because there was a shootout inside the gym at Carver. You know how old Carver used to be back in the day. One way in, one way out. Yeah. All right. Carver was the real deal. Carver had nothing but life gangsters. Okay. Like I ain't talking about these puppets that's out here walking around and no, 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 no. This was their career. Not not glamorizing it at all. No, no, I don't no, want no. anybody it's, to have to be in that life. Circumstances of the city. And so, you know, exactly. It, just, it is what it exactly. was. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, when Tim and I get together, that's what me and Tim do. Oh, I wish we would have finished that game. I said, and unfortunately, we unfortunately we too old to finish that game now. This is Carver and St. Og, bro. We still just like you said, you have to be a psychopath about it. You remember seeing the video since you brought up Kobe. You remember seeing the video where Kobe was with his girls basketball team mm-hmm. and he was on the sideline and he's talking about guys who do all this trainings with the nine tennis balls and the four different basketballs and this, that, and the other, all these other gimmicky shit. Kobe was like, now, if that's what you want to do, you go to that camp. But if you want to learn how to play basketball and how to score, I'm telling you how to do it. I'm showing you how to do it. He goes, I don't have time to be playing around and dicking around out here. Let me show you how I can handle. How many games have you been at where you see guys with all the handles in the world, but they can't finish at the cup? But you hear the fans, ooh, ah, man, he crossed you up. But he didn't score. He didn't score. That means nothing. Stop. People are so caught up in the, 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 the hype of the game, the showboating of the game. Dude, my job, just like Kobe would say, my job was to belittle you, demean all of you as a person, score on your ass, and walk off with a W. You've oh, seen it in games, Dave. You've seen it in games also where, as a player, you're putting up big-time numbers, all right? Your team is up by 15, 16 points. Some little goofy kid wants to shake you up, and he score, and he's like, ah, I just scored on you. And you're like, dude, look at the scoreboard. Right. Like, look at the scoreboard. Like, it's you just two, dog. That's two. It don't mean nothing. We are, dude, I've been destroying you and your team all night long. You're excited because you got a dunk on me? But you're walking off with another L. That means nothing to me, dude. But I guarantee you this. Since you feeling some kind of way, and you know Kobe, Mike and them, they kept grudges. Since you feeling some kind of way, I'll see you in two weeks when we play you again. Yep. I'll see you in two weeks. And, what, and I'm going to just leave it on this, and it's the thing I, I quote more than anybody else. And it comes from the greatest winner in the history of sports, Bill Russell. The greatest winner in the history of sports. Man yes, got a gold medal. Man <laughs> got two college basketball championships. Basketball championships. Yes. Man got 11 NBA championships. Yes. In 13 years. 
A winner greatest, at every level. At every level. The greatest winner who has ever existed in any team sport. Mm-hmm. Russell. Mm-hmm. And the man tells you over and over again. Yes. The Boston Absolutely. Celtics did not write a single check for me to play basketball. Yeah. The Boston Celtics paid me to win championships. And that right there tells you there, there are millions of guys right now that you can find to pay to play basketball. There are a select few who you can pay to be champions. And do the Pelicans have basketball players or do they have guys who are aspiring to be champions? Because that's Absolutely. what we got to find out. And I think that, look, we, we can go back and criticize the hiring of Stan Van Gundy and we can talk about that. But I will say this. By the end of this season, we will know who on this roster is a champion and who on this roster is just a basketball player. And that's across the board on any team. That, that, that's on any team. Prime example, when you look at Atlanta right now, and remember, the talk for who Atlanta is right now began last season when they were saying Atlanta is going to be a whole different team than what – they were last season and what they are now. But they're Everybody, struggling now, ain't they? Atlanta back okay. to struggling now, right? They're back to struggling. So, with that said, you are going to be who you're going to be unless it is something, and that was my point I was getting to, unless it is something in your DNA that says, I am this kind of individual. We know who Steven Adams is. We know. We know who Brandon was and who he could be. We know who Josh is. We know who JJ is. But the rest of these guys, if they don't figure it out quickly and make the changes now, you're going to have long-term ramifications that poses a problem for this organization going forward. And that's in any sport that there is, Dave. Hands down, you know this. And we can flip it to across the parking lot to the New Orleans Saints. The Saints came up with their identity. The Saints decided this is who we're going to be. And for and think about this. For as much of an offensive guy as Sean Payton is and Mickey Loomis and them are, what are they always making sure they got? Defense. Dogs. Dogs. Always and, got dogs look, on defense. Mike Thomas. But even offense. Mike Thomas. Well, yeah, Mike dog. Thomas. Yeah. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Dog. dog. Teron Armstead, dog. Ryan Ramchek, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like Cam, they put, Cam, they put yeah, Cam, dogs. The Mario Davis that he asked for when they brought Quan Alexander, dog. C.J. Gardner Johnson, dog. You know what I'm saying? Marshawn Lattimore, dog. When they got dogs, that's when they got mean. It's 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 a different thing. You have to have guys. Who, who come with one purpose. And like you said, it's one purpose. And the, whether the Saints win or lose this season, whether they get that Super Bowl or not, you know that the very least the 53 guys who walked into that building came to win the Super Bowl this year. Do the 12 guys that walk into the Pelicans building every day come are what they are they're on the focus of, yes, you know you likely are not going to win the championship this year. But your right. focus should be, I'm here to win a championship every day. I'm and you're setting, we, we, you're setting, you're setting that tone. You're setting. It's not so much who you are now, but you're building for who you are going to be, who you want to be. The you dynamic. Are you are okay. a champion before then, you get the ring. 
And that's Dave, the thing. Say you absolutely. have to be a champion. You got to carry that. You get the ring. You have to carry that. And Dave, this is something that a few folks on Twitter tried to hit me with when we got Eric Bledsoe. I go, let me ask you a question. And just stop for a minute. Get out of your emotional bullshit. Because I don't get into that. You have the Milwaukee Bucks who are on the precipice of being a championship basketball team. They said they are willing to let you go for them to get where they need to be. That should tell you something right there. Nobody is questioning if Eric Bledsoe. No, no, not at all. Not at all. But my thing is, if a championship caliber basketball team is saying we are willing to let you go, that to me tells me you're not of the championship ilk that is necessary to get me where I need to go. And you add a player like that on the Pelicans basketball team who is looking for guidance and leadership and you have not shown that. This speaks to what I was telling people about in the beginning when we first got him. Oh, man, we're going to be so much better because he can play shooting guard. He can play point guard and Lonzo can play. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, are y'all even aware of what goes on in the basketball court? Because is Drew Holiday a different basketball player fundamentally than he was last year? No. Not at all. But what is Drew Holiday this year? Comfortable. (laughs) Comfortable. Happy. Happy. Drew Holiday look happy every damn day. Every, every time you see him on the day. court, he look happy. Every I ain't never seen nobody day. look happier than being Milwaukee in hey. my life. It's Milwaukee. This dude is from Southern California. He done left New Orleans. He done left Philly to go Philly. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. And that dude looks happier than he has ever <laughs> been. Drew look like he's 25 again. <laughs> and it's no different. But hey, what his shots are going in now? His he shots are going in. Dave, he's also got bouncy feet. Bouncy he's feet. Lively. He's lively. He's lively. It's amazing what happiness will do for you, bro. When you when you feel like everybody's on board, because you know what he does. He walks in that gym, and what does Giannis say? We hit a win today, bro. We hit a win. Giannis did not, not sign that money. And not only and not win. And not, and not only is Giannis saying we're here to win, you've seen the improvement in Giannis's game. And you're going to practice guy. with that dude. And he's saying, I'm practicing to win a championship. I'm by myself to win it. Drew, you go work out by yourself. I work out by myself. But I'm, when we come onto this court together, we're here to hurt people's feelings. Yes, sir. We're here to hurt people's feelings. And yes, you, sir. Look, you have to have some bully in you. You have to. That's 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 the name of the game, man. It's, just- it's imperative. It's imperative if you're going into a fight every night. If you don't have a dog that's in that fight, you are not going to win. And again, I want to reiterate this, man, because I don't want, you know, I'm not a fan of people who want to try to, oh man, you're dogging this and you're dogging that. We are not dogging the Pelicans. We are not dogging the players. We are telling you, you are the same fans that want to see W's. Well, we are breaking it down for you, for you to understand how you go about the process to get 
W's. Again, just because you have talented players or just because you get excited about a dunk here or there, it doesn't lead to winning culture and championships. It is a sustainability and consistency. You know, people talk about, well, you know, we have to build a level of consistent wins. Well, first of all, to build that level of consistency wins, you got to do the things that are necessary and right to get a level of consistency. Consistent you can't play <laughs> comes before consistent winning. <laughs> consistent play comes before <laughs> consistent winning. It's that I mean, simple. It's if that I don't know who you are from night to night, if I don't know if you're going to provide me with the requisite intensity, if I don't know that you're going to provide me with the requisite basketball IQ, if I don't know you're going to provide me with the requisite um, understanding each and every night, the preparation, then you're never going to win consistently. You will forever be a 500 or around that area team. That's what you are asking for. That's what you are demanding from yourself. And if you don't have something to rest your identity on defensively, and if you don't have some, some level of pride that makes people say, I don't enjoy, at the very least, I don't enjoy playing the New Orleans Pelicans. I don't want to go play them tonight because it's not going to be fun for us. Nobody's saying that. You Nobody have to. It. You have to make it a point that your team not only, and you can't just be satisfied with saying our team is playing at a high level. You know, just because you're running fast, and we've said this a thousand times as well, you don't have to be fast to play the game of basketball. You activity have to anticipate. Activity does not mean productivity. All right. You have to anticipate in the game of basketball, you have to be quick in the game of basketball. But being fast has nothing to do with the game of basketball. You don't have to be a high flyer to be a successful and winning basketball player or basketball team. And we can go down the list of players who may not have had all the athleticism, but they had winning inside of their DNA. They had tenacity inside of their DNA. That said, the Pels right now, Although nine games in, in a shortened season, all right, you have to start to understand that you can't say, well, it's just the beginning of the first quarter of the season. Because if you look at them notoriously the way the Pelicans do, they start off hot in the first quarter, and then they fade and fizzle when it matters the most. These first nine, ten games set up the first quarter of your season. It's not, and, and, and everybody wants to look at it in this totality, but you're setting a tone now. You don't have the luxury to say, oh, well, we'll go ahead and we'll figure it out as we go. You don't have that luxury because you don't have those kind of players on your team. You don't have that in you to rest and say, because when you, again, when you look at what you have already done, when you look at your body of work, all right? That's great that you have that level of a, a team. Prime example, all right? The next game real quickly that you got are against the Dallas Mavericks here on the road on Monday. Yeah, the Mavs might be four and four, but the Mavs have Luka Doncic. Okay? And you can't take it, and the, and the Mavs are going to be without some guys due to COVID. They're, they're going right. to be down three players, but you can't take any of that for granted. None. Not not any of that, because again, we've seen with this Pelicans team, 
It doesn't and, matter if teams are down a and, guy. And we've seen what Luka Doncic does to LeBron James. You've seen that this is oh, also... Oh, to the Pelicans. I mean, look, last year, remember the, the worst Pelicans. loss in franchise history was but at the I hands of those Mavericks. With the map. But I say that in, con- in conjunction with the fact that we've also seen this dude don't back down from nobody because when the Clippers were trying to punk him, he looking at them and laughing like, I'm going to bust y'all asses. No matter what you do, you can't stop me. You could twist my ankle. You could try to, ho- you whatever you want to do, I'm that fucking die. All right. Then you got the Clippers. Then you got the Lakers, who are both top tier teams. All right. Then you got the Sacramento Kings, who are playing better than what anybody had anticipated. It's funny to see Buddy Heald now and Alvin Gentry on the bench as an assistant coach of Buddy Heald when Alvin got rid of Buddy, when Alvin didn't want to play Buddy, and Buddy has been doing nothing but knocking him down for the past three seasons. Then you got the Utah Jazz twice. Back-to-back, Dave. Okay? Then you got a Timberwolves team. Okay. So your next six games, as you are four and five right now, do you know how quickly that can freaking balloon on this road trip, bro? It could, you could come back, and this could be a two and uh, six and ten team when they get back. That that's not outside of if they don't defend. Because and I tell people, I said you keep worrying about the offense, and we're gonna wrap on this. You, you keep worrying about the offense. The best offense you could possibly play the Clippers and the D, and, and the Lakers defensively, they've seen better. You know, say like they're defensively, they're locked in. They're going to defend you. So it doesn't matter how great your offense is against the Lakers or the Clippers. Doesn't matter how great your offense is against the Mavericks because the Mavericks are going to do offense. This is the team that last year had the best offense of all time. They're not mm-hmm. playing on that same level this year. But again, against but. the Pelicans, you don't have to play that way if they're not playing defense. But they will come at you. They will and they not still change got their LeBron identity. And AD. They right. still got LeBron and AD. And all of these teams are well coached. All of them are well coached. All of them have guys who have won something at some level of their career, who have a level of pride. And the Kings, they ain't scared of you because they look at you like we're what and what. You could have whoever you got. We got the same. We got that over here. And like you said, if you go over to, to mess with Minnesota, they're going to look at you and you can say, well, we got Cat and we got D'Angelo and we got um, uh, uh, the uh, who's the kid? The, 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 the rookie that Anthony just came. Edwards. We got Anthony. Yeah, he don't Anthony care. Anthony going to yeah, come and score. Edwards. He'll shoot it. So yeah. they don't care. They're not impressed nope. by you. So nope. you're not going to face anybody on this trip that you can say, oh, we can circle a dub on We this. can book them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can book one Because you won't go to Utah and you think, again, Utah, okay, Rudy Gobert is standing there. He's standing there waiting for you. Derek Favors plays better with Rudy Gobert. So with now Gobert. they're both standing there waiting for you and your refusal to drive. And you think you're going to have a, a – you really going to out-rebound the Jazz that way? No, nah, baby. And then let me like give that. it to you. And then let me give it to you. When you talk about Pelicans defense, have you heard of Spider Mitchell? Have you heard of Bogdanovich? Like, bruh. They'll give you some buckets if you let them. <laughs> and, we the pals, and, let and, them. and we know the Pels. And we know the Pels. And the Pels will let you get buckets. Joe Ingles will get you a bucket. I know Joe Ingles will get you a bucket. They will let you get buckets, bro. So, bro, we go. We are going to reconvene because we're going to get back on this on the regularity of. Two well, now that I'm. Well, well now that I settled in. Back, 
yeah, now that I'm settled in back in Dallas and so on and so forth, absolutely. Man, this two hours went by so dang on fast as so it fast. always does. Man. So fast. But, as it always does. But I wouldn't do it with anybody else, man. Brother, I can't imagine it. I miss it. This this has become a drug. I've been feeling like Pookie and New Jack, man. And thank I you to this. everybody who hit us up and was like, oh, yeah, we, we absolutely. Want more. Everybody who hit us up on Twitter and just in, in messages and whatever just said, hey, when y'all gonna do this again? Hey, we back. Extremely, extremely gracious and most appreciative of you guys listening to Hard in the Paint with DM Grubs as we go high low. We greatly, I'm, I'm serious, man. There is no greater feeling than to know that what it is you're doing and it is appreciated, respected, and it is asked for by others. So we appreciate y'all, the listeners, and for making the podcast as successful as it has been and will continue to be. Right. And, and and again, we had an incredible 2020 and considering all the challenges that we went through going from radio and going to the pod and uh, yeah. you know about to cross over 10,000 listeners. And it's just been, you know, of course, man, like in that top 10 listens, I think half of those are you, you and me um, from <laughs> last year because folks have responded and we're going all we do here on this thing is, is be honest. That's all we want to try to do is be That's honest it. with you. And tell you why we see what we see and what we see out there on the court, and at the same time, like you said, it's a this is never a negative, never. This is never a negative conversation. Never. It's a real one though. It's a breaking it down, answering what it is that you see and you want to know. I mean, we're reconfirming because there are a lot of the listeners who feel like we feel, but they don't have the platforms per se. They don't have the ins and out to 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 express that. So we greatly appreciate the listeners for being a part of Hard in the Paint and going high-low with us. Because one thing about it, we going to keep it 100 and tell you exactly what it is that's going on. And, and then not, only, not only that, but telling you how to improve upon it. You know, we're not just going to tell you this is what's wrong. This is what's bad. This is not No, we're going to tell you the solutions on how to resolve those things and issues as well. Because we want to see a winner. Nobody wants to see the Pelicans win more than we do. But right. damn, they're frustrating. <laughs> damn, they are. <laughs> damn, <laughs> damn, they are. And there's like, no and D Grub, there's no better way to end that with just you saying that right there. Damn, damn they are. Damn, they are. <laughs> so for my brother, Dino Hansen, I my am dog. David Grub. Y'all know how to follow me at DM Grub <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter and the website HITPwithDG.com. Please continue to follow. Please continue to subscribe and like the show. Rate us. But yeah, Dino and I will be back again next Absolutely. week. And we're going to we're do back. this again. And we, hey, hey, nobody's going to hold that the, the candle to the to, uh, to the flame. I mean, uh, to feet to the fire like we are. Nobody. Absolutely. All right, Thank bro. Y'all. Until the next time, this has been Hard With Me. Like it don't